0: Hello, this is your daily dose of news from On Manorama. I'm your host Vishnu and here are the major news stories of the day. We begin with a verdict from Kerala. Justice has finally been served in the Latvian woman tourist murder case after the court awarded double life term to the convicts. At least 33 dead after landslide buries burst in Colombia. North Korea fires artillery into waters near South Korea for second consecutive day. Lakhimpur Kheri case Trial court frames murder charges against Union minister's son. Indonesia passes law to penalize sex outside marriage. Let's get into the details. The Thiruvananthapuram First Additional Sessions Court awarded a double life sentence to the convicts in the Latvian women's murder case on Tuesday. The accused also have to pay a fine of Rs 1,65,000 each to the victim's family. A double life term implies the convict has to remain in jail till the end of his life. The state government can consider releasing a person with double life term for remission only if they have completed 14 years in prison. The court on Friday had found both Udayan and Umesh guilty of all major charges slapped on them including murder, rape, destruction of evidence and the use of psychotropic substances to trap the victim. The accused and their lawyers requested the court to let them live considering their age but when asked whether they regret their actions, the duo remained silent. The victim's sister, who had identified the body and was the first to depose before the court during the trial, could not watch the court proceedings live on Friday owing to a technical snag. The court, following an application moved by the Latvian embassy, had allowed the victim's sister to watch the proceedings online, a rare instance of an Indian court granting a foreigner access to functioning. The trial began on June 1st, more than four years after the Latvian tourist body was found in an obscure mangrove forest at tiruvellum near Kovalam. The body was found hanging from a tree, the feet touching the ground. It was in such a decomposed state that her head had virtually severed from her body and beyond recognition. The remains were found nearly one and a half months after the victim went missing from her Ayurveda retreat at Pothankod near Thirvanandaviram on May 14, 2018. The prosecution case was that the duo had lured the victim to the mangrove forest, drugged her and then sexually assaulted her. One of the accused is a tourist guide and the other a local drug peddler. It was argued that when she resisted, the two men strangled her to death and hung her from a tree, possibly why their head had severed from the putrefied body. Postmortem revealed blood clots in her brain, a sign of strangulation. The victim's undergarments were also missing, suggesting that her body was violated. It was after nearly two months of the probe that the police team managed to reach the mangrove forest. During the trial that spread over five months, the prosecution examined 30 witnesses. At least 33 people were killed due to a landslide that buried vehicles along a highway in Colombia, the country's Interior Minister Alfonso Prada informed. The landslide that occurred on Sunday buried a bus carrying passengers from Cali to Condoto, along with a car and a motorcycle on the Pereira-Quibdo Highway in the western central department of Risaralda. Three of the deceased were minors. Around nine passengers were rescued, of whom four are in critical condition. Personnel from Colombia's Risk Management Unit and the Transit and Transportation Directorate of the Transportation Ministry, as well as the Police Department and the Military, rushed to the rescue. In the wake of the landslide, authorities plan to declare a nationwide maximum alert to prepare for weather-related disasters amid a cold wave that is expected to continue for several more months. Colombian President Gustavo Petro has ordered a National Unified Command post to be installed in the capital, Bogota, by Tuesday at the latest to determine the state of the roadways under adverse weather conditions. North Korea on Tuesday fired a barrage of artillery rounds into waters near rival South Korea for the second consecutive day in a tit-for-tat response for the South's live fire drills in an inland border region. South Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff said it detected North Korea firing around 90 artillery rounds from a frontline area along its eastern coast. It said the shells, which were likely from multiple rocket launchers, landed on the northern side of a maritime buffer zone the Koreans established in 2018 to reduce border tensions. The firings came shortly after the North Korean People's Army's general staff said it instructed frontline units to launch artillery into the sea as a warning following South Korean artillery exercises in a region near their land border. North Korea also on Monday fired around 130 artillery rounds into waters near the buffer zones with South Korea while accusing the South of raising unnecessary tension in frontline areas. The latest North Korean military action has worsened animosity between the rivals, whose relations have sharply declined amid a prolonged pause in nuclear negotiations between Washington and Pyongyang. North Korea has fired dozens of missiles as it increased its weapons demonstrations to a record pace this year including multiple tests of an intercontinental ballistic missile system with the potential of reaching deep into the U.S. mainland and an intermediate-range missile over Japan. North Korea has also conducted a series of short-range launches, which it describes as simulated nuclear attacks on South Korean and U.S. targets, in an angry reaction to an expansion of joint U.S.-South Korea military exercises, the North Korea views as rehearsals for a potential invasion. Experts say North Korea hopes to negotiate economic and security concessions from a position of strength and force the United States to accept it as a nuclear power. South Korean officials have said North Korea might up the ante soon by conducting its first nuclear test since 2017. A court in Uttar Pradesh's Lakhimpur Kerry district on Tuesday framed murder charges against Ashish Mishra, son of Union Minister Ajay Mishra and 13 others, in connection with the killing of four farmers during a protest rally. After rejecting Mishra's discharge plea on Monday, the additional district judge Sunil Kumar Verma framed charges. The trial in the case will begin on December 16th. The case relates to the incident that took place on October 3, 2021. While farmers were holding protests against the visit of Uttar Pradesh Deputy Chief Minister Keshav Prasad Mauryat to Lakhimpur Kerry District, four of the agitators were killed after they were allegedly mowed down by an SUV that was part of Ashish Mishra's convoy. All 13 accused, including Mishra, shall face charges under several sections including rioting, offence committed in prosecution of common object, murder, voluntarily causing grievous hurt by dangerous weapons, mischief causing damage and criminal conspiracy, among others. The Allahabad High Court granted bail to Mishra on February 10th, but it was set aside by the Supreme Court in April 2022 after noting that the High Court had ignored relevant facts. The Supreme Court's order came in an appeal filed by the relatives of the farmers who were killed in the crime. The bail application was then remanded to the High Court. On July 26, the High Court dismissed the bail application after rehearing the matter following the remand by the Supreme Court. Indonesia's Parliament has passed a long-awaited and controversial revision of its Penal Code that criminalizes extramarital sex and applies to citizens and visiting foreigners alike. A parliamentary task force finalized the bill in November and lawmakers approved it on Tuesday. Among the most controversial revisions to the code are articles that would penalize sex outside of marriage with up to one year in jail and prohibit cohabitation between unmarried couples. Insulting the president and spreading views counter to the secular national ideology known as the Pankasila will also be outlawed. The code maintains that abortion is a crime, but it adds exceptions for women with life-threatening medical conditions and for rape survivors, provided that the fetus is less than 12 weeks old, in line with what is already regulated in the 2004 medical practice law. Legal experts and civil society groups call the changes to the penal code a huge setback for the world's third-largest democracy. Indonesia's population is predominantly Muslim and has sizable groups of Hindus, Christians and people of other faiths. Most Indonesian Muslims practice a moderate version of Islam, but recent years have seen a rise in religious conservatism that has crept into politics. Once ratified, the new code will come into effect in three years' time as the government and related institutions draft related implementing regulations. That brings us to the end of this episode. Follow on for detailed updates on the latest news and be sure to come back tomorrow. As always, thanks for listening to Daily News Tours.